We can say that people have a strong reputation if they do great work. That's important. But in this day and age, you really need to be more visible than that. It's a competitive environment. It's a challenging, unpredictable time in business. And we are very much online. And that can be really challenging for people to build relationships and build their brand. Welcome to the Fincier Podcast. Today we have Julissa Shrewsbury, who uh, I'm sure you remember from uh, our webinar earlier in the year, um, is the director of New Work Consulting. Uh, and she's on a mission to enhance executives' personal brands. Uh, welcome, Julissa. It's great to have you back again. You've worked with many organizations to build a culture of trust and visibility. Too many to list here. Maybe you could give us a little bit about your background and tell us why it's so important to have this uh, strong personal brand. Sure. Thanks for having me back, Lewis. Great to be chatting with you today. So in my 20-odd years of working life, I've had three different careers. Uh, My background originally was in primary school teaching, so I did that through my 20s. And then I shifted after some study uh, into running my own commercial photography business and later on transitioned through to doing a lot of brand consulting work, which eventually became a niche in personal branding. So what I found with changing careers so significantly uh, over the course of the last 20 years is that, first of all, I had to find new networks in order to make my uh, different career moves happen and my businesses uh, get off the ground. But also, I had to change how people saw me so that they would give me a go in that new space. So I found that personal branding became very important for myself personally in having those career changes happen smoothly and quickly and for people to be able to see me in a different light. Now working with organisations on how people represent themselves and the company brand, I find that when we focus on people's personal brands, this really helps them to increase their sense of professional confidence personally But also externally, it helps them to build brand trust because that confidence inspires confidence in others. And generally, I just find that when people value themselves and their contribution and they can articulate this clearly, they tend to step up and act like leaders in their space. Well, thank you. That's a a comprehensive um, introduction and uh, interesting to hear about your own career. And talking of leaders, as you just said, in the work you're doing now, um, who are the candidates you're seeing who realise the importance of their own personal brand? Is it those starting out in the career or, or the more senior leaders? It's actually really across the board now. The term personal branding has become a really common term that people know and search for. Um, and I certainly find in inquiries that this is the, the term that people are leading with. And I think across career levels, people are becoming a lot more proactive in directing their own careers. So they're not just waiting for um, job opportunities to be posted or solely working with recruiters. They're actually thinking about how they can shape their personal brand, particularly online. When it comes to leaders and managers who are managing teams, it's very common for people to ask me to work with their team on their personal brands uh, because this has many benefits. It helps them to be more motivated and cohesive as a team. It helps with brand alignment, so creating brand ambassadors among your team. 
And as I said before, it's around confidence. So communication confidence is a big one that I get asked for. And managers and leaders just see the connection between having a strong personal brand and a sense of who you are as a professional and communicating with confidence. And then, of course, there are those senior leaders at the top end of their game who want to work on their own personal brands and they have very different reasons for doing so. So when it comes to a leadership brand, it's more about how do you articulate the sum of your experience because they've had so many different experiences and they can do lots of different things. And also um, quite often it's about a shift in um, what they're focusing on as they get to the end of their careers. So it could be that they want to do more board roles. Okay. And, and just, I mean, I'll dig a little bit more into that. I mean, do you, it, do you get boards coming to you as a whole to uh, talk about their personal brand or, or would it then be more on, a, again, is it individuals within boards? I think at board level, most of uh, mo- the trend is mostly around uh, individuals who really see their board roles as a big part of their brand. I have done some work with boards themselves as well, and they are looking for how they can represent the work that they do on that particular board and how they can promote that particular organization or association through their personal brands. So how can they align with that and how can they use their personal brand, particularly online, as a vehicle for their work within that board and their aims there? So there there are starting to be more inquiries in that space, but I think there's still a lot of awareness to come in at, at board level in terms of how they can bring branding into what they're trying to achieve. Okay, thank you. That's, um, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. One of the things that uh, you talked about before um, is this, the trust map uh, and the employee's position on that, you know, the fact that it develops from someone who's invisible to someone who is a leader, who's a trusted advisor. Uh, you know, I was keen to get a little bit more about that and ask how long it would take to develop to that trusted level. Uh, and here I'm not talking about you know, a public relations disaster recovery plan, uh, you know, more, you know, uh, an inspiring young, young employee or, you know, um, or a middle range exit, you know. Um, can you go into a little bit more detail about that? Sure. So I guess I'll just sort of give you a quick overview of that trust map for anyone who perhaps missed the webinar back in February uh, where I went into that in detail. But basically when I think about how people in an organisation uh, or, you know, any professional builds trust, their ability to build trust with important stakeholders, they generally fall into one of four quadrants on what I call the trust map. So if their skill level uh, in building trust and their commitment to building trust is very low, I would call these people invisible or impression breakers. Uh, They are generally unaware of how they're perceived. They don't necessarily understand the importance of purposefully building trust. They might be juniors, back office, some of those young uh, new staff, as you said, or they could be challenging staff. Maybe they have challenging communication issues for whatever reason. So I would say these probably make up about 10 to 15% of people. It's a small number because I think these days more people are aware of their personal brands. Um, But then, you know, as you go along, you've got people who still don't have much skill in in building trust, but they see it as an important thing that they need to be able to do. And this is these are the people I would call keen impression makers. So it could be inexperienced BDMs or people who are new to advisory. 
they tend to be on social media, but they're not really brand aligned or considered in the content that they put out. They just sort of post away uh, quite naturally, but don't necessarily think about the impression that's making. Um, and quite often they come across as they're, they're trying too hard, really. So they're, they're too salesy or they're too eager in their communications and can be seen as a bit pushy. So these are probably, I would estimate, around 20 to 25% of people. Within an organisation, it really depends on the makeup of the experience level and how the teams are structured. Then you've got the people who I would say the majority of professional advisors and they are they sit in the quadrant called under the radar. So they are that they naturally build trust with people, but they're not really committed to doing that in in an online or, or public space. So they could be introverts, they could be highly technical people, they could be in the background. And they say things like, I just do my work and I don't think about how I come across. Um, they do build trust naturally with the people around them, but the problem is they're not very visible and that can be challenging in organisations or with individuals who part of their role is to build client relationships, for example, or to build their networks. So these are most people. And then, of course, we're, what we're all aiming for is the trusted advisor. So I would say this is about 20% of people uh, who would sit in this, in this bracket they tend to be leadership or they might be mid-management, but they're really going places. They're being really proactive with their personal brands. They are seen as a go-to expert already. They've got a strong network. They're referred often. They are brand aligned and they're building a really visible online brand. Um, and they might also be building some thought leadership around their area of expertise. So maybe they're writing or speaking quite regularly. And they're just generally proactive in building relationships and building their brand. So the idea is that we're all trying to move into that space and that can take different amounts of time depending on who it is and their level of experience and the level of trustworthiness. So, you know, if we're assuming that someone is already a trustworthy person um, and has the best interests of their clients and stakeholders and team members at heart, then from there, it's more about having a strong plan and then consistent implementation to build that brand as a trusted advisor, to be more visible to others. You know, we can say that people have a strong reputation if they do great work, that's important. But in this day and age, you really need to be more visible than that. It's a competitive environment. It's a challenging, unpredictable time in business. And we are very much online and that can be really challenging for people to build relationships and build their brand. So it is about having a plan and about having some consistent implementation of that plan. Thank you. I remember, you know, listening to it before. So it's a, it's a good recap of those figures. One of the things that, you know, we go back to is, is what we can do. You've mentioned social media and we've talked about sites like LinkedIn. Maybe we'll just round off quickly with that to, you know, give people a few insights, tips of what they should be doing. Absolutely. It's really interesting that it's very rare that I actually uh, present a topic, a webinar that is specifically on LinkedIn, but it always ends up going to LinkedIn because it is such a powerful platform for building your personal brand professionally. Most people see at least some use in that and most people are on there and are fairly active on there. So I do get a lot of questions around how can I use LinkedIn more effectively to build my brand. The most important thing to always start with is what's your purpose? So why am I on LinkedIn? And if you can answer that question with any content that you put on LinkedIn, then you're most likely building a purposeful brand. 
you know, if you are unsure about something that you want to post, then you're better off leaving it out. And always coming back to that question, what are my goals for being here? From there, I like to uh, work with people on a three-platform approach to a LinkedIn strategy. So very quickly, basically, that starts with the foundation of an optimized profile. So having a really strong profile, profile page on LinkedIn is not just about filling it in. It's about actually having a positioning uh, message, a point of view, building a particular voice. So people need to understand why they would go to you, what you're all about and why you. From there, once you've really built up your profile, it's about having a communication plan. So whether you are creating content or curating content, so uh, sharing content that you've read or viewed from elsewhere, the idea is to build a voice over time in your particular space. So even if you're sharing other people's content, you want to add a little bit about why you're sharing it so people understand why you're a go-to in that particular area of information. After you've sort of looked at the communication plan, the third part is actually the most important part because people forget that LinkedIn is actually an online version of networking. So it is about connecting meaningfully with people. So finding the right people to connect to that are your target audience or your door openers or your referral sources, and then understanding etiquette about how you connect with them. So not just connecting and then try and sell them something straight away having a clear strategy around how you're going to start a conversation. Brilliant. Uh, fantastic. We could go on, but I'm not, I'm not going to because I think we should push people to uh, uh, the Fincy website where you've got, uh, we've got a on-demand uh, version of the webinar from earlier this year. And I know that you'll be back later on as well, which we're looking forward to. Fascinating things there. Again, uh, Julissa. So, um, Thank you very much. Uh, I look forward to uh, catching up again soon. Thanks, Lewis. Thanks for having me. 